passion, drive, and patience. The formula of winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything for you to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has it covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices that you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP it needs to be and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Again, ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I think I'm sorry. I'm turning down the music ever so, so slowly. Okay, that that is the right fader. We're doing good. I think, kind of. Yeah, I think everything's going well. 
Um, Macho Man said we're good. What more do you need to? I mean, once he says it's the good, reassurance. Good. Yeah, that's all we need is just the reassurance from uh, from Macho Man, and we are good to go. Welcome to Two Live Jew, the uh, <laughs> second episode of this uh, podcast or this ancillary show, I guess that that Seth and I do because we are connected by um, the, the the culture and the religion that we come from. It, it binds us together. But that's not what we're, I mean, we're not, we don't talk about Jewish stuff every week, do we? We're just, uh, we just are Jewish. No, no, I'm just talking about why we named the show what we did. There were lots of things thrown out, some more anti-Semitic than others, but we went with Two Live Jew, which I <laughs> like, because I love Two Live Crew. You know, the tip drill, the, the shake in the ass, the rap music and videos. So this is just seems like it was the right fit, Two Live Jew, we, did, did wait? Yeah. Did Two Live Crew do Tip Drill? Um, I don't. I honestly I don't. That was like Ti or somebody else. I thought it was. I thought it was Two Live Crew. I could be wrong. I don't know. You know, my black artists as well as I should. To be honest with you, Seth. So they're I, all white. I don't know if you knew that. Um, Two Live Crew. I'm just kidding. Just um, kidding. <laughs> my eyes deceive me. I know it's Uncle Luke. No, it's just mm. I. I know what you're saying. So we got a lot to get into. We got a we got a crazy busy week. This is our Super Bowl, uh, Bubba Army Royalty Party, BARP Weekend kicks off tonight. Well, actually, kicks off in about an hour and forty one minutes. For uh, sorry, tonight. 41. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, podcast world. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Somebody could be listening to this two years Hour from now. Hour 19 minutes. Yeah. So it's kicked off when Brandon the Quad gets laid by the one and only Caitlin Hatley, who, by the way, is like, I think of her less as a sex worker and more as a social worker and an angel from heaven. I don't even look at her as a sex worker. Is that what you would, is that what she's described as now? Well, what do you call someone who has an OnlyFans and that's how they make the majority of their money? I would call them a, uh, you know. Right. Hey, there's nothing wrong with being a sex worker. Like, like a this... streamer, like a content creator? Uh, sure, okay. sure. I mean, I guess if we get a little bit more niche than content creator, <laughs> it would be sex worker. But hey, who fucking cares, man? Make that money. Make that dollar. Living is not easy. Things are expensive. Inflation is real. So God bless her because she's giving this man, this, I think, almost 40-year-old man, um, the sex that he's desired his entire life. Did she take his virginity last? She did. And you saw the first video? I did. I saw the second one too. Although, so the, just to kind of the timeline is. Yes. 2022, so two years ago, she had sex with him the first time. And then the next year, she brought her friend Micha on board, and it was two girls and Brandon the Quad. And you saw that video? I saw both videos. And, and are they good? The first one is just absolutely so jarring that uh, it's it's incredible. Is she like? Does she have to like get like put herself on the wheelchair kind of thing? No, no, no. He's on the bed. Oh. He's lying on the bed. Oh, compression socks, cobra in hand, and the thing is, it's like I I felt like the second year he was already. I don't want to say a pro. I don't think you're a pro after you know the second or third time you have sex, but he seemed a bit more comfortable. Like he kind of knew what to expect and what he was able to do. But the first year was like, can I touch this? Can I touch that? You know, he was very polite, didn't really know the um, yeah. the etiquette, the it's sex good. etiquette. You yeah, don't know. Sex etiquette. You, yeah. you don't know these days. And I think that's always nice to ask whether was anything off limits. Uh, no, oh. no. And I mean, there's only so much that someone in his 
position and condition can do. Like, he can't really, it's hard to feel threatened by someone like that. But again, he was like, can I touch your hair? Like, just the simplest thing that Aww. you'd be like, oh, right. So it was like a, oh my, like, it was such a weird f- sensation to watch someone getting fucked. And also it's like watching a Hallmark movie, like two in one. Were you turned on at all? I don't know if turned on would probably be, it's not the way off? I felt. I was I was just fucking sexually neutral. I wasn't disgusted by any means. I, I don't think I was aroused at all. But I, I think was like, I would be. I was like I was like I it was more like um like do you remember that movie like radio? Uh no. With that was it was it um what do you know what I'm talking about? No, what movie is that? Not Robert Downey Jr. Here's the other one, Cuba Gooden Jr. Okay. Well, whatever. It's like that. It's like that person won. Okay. Like they fucking won, man. And it was just, it's really awesome to see a good guy who's been dealt a very, you know, maybe not a great hand, as we would say, um, get get something that he's always desired, well, which is uh, some pussy. Yeah. So. I agree. I Again, I think that that's amazing that Caitlin does that. I think it's amazing that she brought her friend, mm-hmm. even though she seems to be, it's her time of the month this year. Right. I think it's awesome that Brent films it. I mean, I just, there are so many questions I have because I haven't seen any footage at all. And I know that this is going down right now at a hotel down the street somewhere. But I'm just, as as a listener of the show, I'm just, it, it blows my mind, the fascination I have with it. So... If we do have, if we do, Bob was talking about having, you know, Caitlin and Brent on for a podcast. If we do, he talked about going through the play-by-play of it, and which I'd be very interested to do. I, I would love to be there or listen to that podcast because much like you, it, it very much intrigues me. Not just, not just a situation like this, which is, to me, this almost makes more sense. Like if you're if your woman is going to fuck some guy, you want it to be someone that, you know, maybe you're not threatened by or, you know, is it's almost like a good deed, for example. But the whole idea of swinging and swapping and watching and being aroused by your partner having sex with someone else to me is very intriguing because it doesn't compute in my brain at all. Oh, well, I mean, I I maybe if you're like, yeah, it'd be great to be with another woman. I get that, but but if the reverse of watching your partner engage with someone else, it's science, it's scientific. So somebody explained it to us. We used to have a they used to force us to talk about sex on 97X back in the day and we had a, a sex expert on Dr. Ogiogis mm-hmm. and he talked to us about like what it is, why guys like watching other guys with their women. I guess by a lot. Sperm competition. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I studied that actually. Yeah. It's sperm competition. It's like, you know, it's, uh, who is the alpha, all this other stuff. So that's kind of what it comes down to is, you know, it's like a scientific thing. I don't think it's that way for everybody. I think some people are just kind of freaky, but yeah. uh, I think that, you know, it's not just like Caitlin's just boning dudes and Brent's filming it. I think that they have, well, I think they're, they're I think he can see other women too from yeah, time yeah, to time. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. It's definitely open on both ends, uh, if you know what I mean. But I think that I just find it so intriguing because even though it is, ba- I mean, anything is backed by science. People have different preferences. I understand that. It's still in the kink category though, if you have, you know, yeah, oh, an by open far. marriage. And, and not only that, it's like, not only I kind of understand more so where it's like, listen, I want to have other sexual experiences. You want to have other sexual experiences. Let's just do that. But I don't want to fucking watch your sexual experiences. You know, I have a friend who actually has a 
Um, Isn't it worse in your head though? I mean, if you if you if you're unsure about doing something like this, and God, we're the two squarest people on on fucking earth to yeah, talk about like swinging and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like if if you do it, and for some reason it's recorded, you might want to watch it because it's probably it might be worse in your head. I don't um, know. I don't know. I, I feel like there's certain things that you just you, you know about, but you don't want to see. I, I, I'm trying to think of like an example that's not sexual in my life where it's like, OK, I, I know this is happening, but I, I don't want to maybe like a surgery. Like, I know that this is I my mom got open heart surgery a couple months ago, and oh. I'm glad that that ha- not months ago, years ago, excuse me. But it's like, okay, I'm glad that that happened because it needed to get done, but I don't actually want to watch the procedure. That seems like it would freak me the fuck out. And uh, I do have a friend who has um, uh, an open marriage with her husband, and it's very much like that, but they don't, like, watch each other do shit. Yeah, well, you know, there's so many different types of freaks out there, Anna. I mean, it goes, it's just, there's, I don't think there's one set ways for how people are. Everybody's got a different arrangement. Mm -hmm. I just, um... You know, was uh, never horny enough to try to ever, you know, work uh, a swap or a, th- a three-way or anything like that into my marriage at all. Do you feel like you, and I'm asking because I actually got a full hormonal panel done about mm, four months ago because I was a little bit concerned. Do you feel like you have um, an unusually low libido for like the people, you know, when you compare yourself to your friends, the people around you, around your age that are male? What you is go, libido? What your sex drive? Yeah. Or do you? What were you concerned? You took a panel because you were worried about your libido. Yeah, like I would have conversations with my girlfriends about how much they're getting it, how much they want it, um, with their husbands, significant others, or random men, and I just felt like, and, and it's, and it's never not because of my current partner. It's just how I've always been is just kind of. Yeah, I get it. Like I, I, I am a sexual person, but it doesn't. Like it seems to be like the core pillar in Bubba's relationship is like sex and like doing it every day. Whereas for me, that's certainly, certainly not the case. Where it's a, it's a, it's it's definitely an important part of the relationship, but it's not like the centerpiece of the relationship. If that makes sense. Yes, I believe it's probably more of a centerpiece for guys than it is for women. Okay, and and I, I'm sure women, you know. F- fade a little bit you know as a relationship goes on I don't know what my libido is like you know now compared to when I was you know 25 but you know I'm pretty I mean I'm pretty turned on all the time okay listen I know that men typically have a higher sex drive than women it was more so that it compared to my other female friends who are in their 30s 40s and even 50s their libidos seem to be much higher than mine so I was like well maybe I have like Low T or I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Now I'm doing TRT. I don't fucking know. So I just, I I went, I got everything tested. Everything is completely in with normal range. It's just, you know, much like you, I'm just like, I guess I'm just like a square in that way. Well, I mean, like, uh, I'm trying to figure out how, how to test my libido. I mean, I don't have to have sex every day. Like, it doesn't, like, there are days where, like, I'm like, oh, man, you know, whatever, I'm, horny per se or whatever yeah. have, and then i get home and i'm getting in the mix and all this stuff and then whether it's i can tell that you know phoebe's not really feeling it that there's it's not like i don't have to go oh god i gotta go run into a closet and, and jerk it or something i'm like okay cool like i'll, I'll be fine until tomorrow you okay. know there are some times where it's like i gotta do this because it's like totally i can't think about anything else and it's right. fucking up my day yeah there's those times but 
those are few and far between. Like, sex is important to me, but it's important because I want to get the poison out so I can focus on other shit. Right. Move on with your day. That's my whole thing is, like, I don't want to sit. I don't want to think about sex all day. I'd rather just get it out. Be more productive. Yes. And then go from there. That's exactly how I feel about eating naughty foods. Okay. You know, where it's like, if I really want chocolate or, like, a donut, and then it just hijacks all of my thoughts... I'm like, just go fucking eat it, and then we can just move on with our lives, because otherwise, I just sit there going, don't do it. Eat, eat it. No, don't. Do, oh, don't. Do it in an hour. You know, I, I mean, play these games with myself. Why? Did you, have you eaten any donuts recently? I mean, you used to not eat anything junk food whatsoever. Well, just maybe not in front of uh, other people, but, you know, okay. in, the, in the privacy of my own home, I've been known to throw down some shit that I, you know, maybe I'm not super proud of. Well, it's okay. I mean, I don't think it's going to affect your body or your health whatsoever if you have, you know, a donut from time to time. No, I'm- it certainly won't. But when you have... You know, mental issues, much like you have. I have my own, too. I've had body image issues since as far back as I can remember. So there's been a lot of wiring that's gone on for the last 36 years, and I'm I'm slowly trying to kind of unravel that and, and create new pathways Onto what are your how I I approach certain topics, including you know body image. What are your body image issues like? Do you look at do you look at yourself as like a big girl when you see yourself in the mirror? Or no, it's this un irrational fear that like at any moment if I have one thing, I'm gonna like balloon up. Now the logical prefrontal cortex part of my brain knows that that's that's bullshit and that can't happen, but the like. OCD, loud voice, the anxiety-ridden voice is like, this is just, this is going to happen. If you start eating this, it's going to be not, I'm going to balloon up, but I'm like, it will be noticeable. Okay, that's you know? that's wild. But yeah. I understand I understand how the brain works, so mm-hmm. I'm glad you at least, you know, cave in sometimes and enjoy oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I'm way less... Um, uh, clinical than I used to be. I'm I it, I'm saying I'm improving. You know, with age a little bit, you kind of relax, yeah. kind of in certain areas because they matter less. But I mean, for for much of my uh, adolescence and from pretty much all of my twenties and even into my thirties, I was extremely concerned with the number on the scale to the point where like if I hit a pound over like I wouldn't allow myself to do certain things I would punish myself jeez yeah yeah it was pretty intense was so, it an official eating disorder uh I mean I was never diagnosed cuz I never went to a physician to diagnose it but yeah I certainly had I think you would classify it as orthorexia so not anorexia cuz I I couldn't just make myself not eat and then not bulimia, even though there were a few times where that happened, but it wasn't frequent enough where I could be diagnosed with bulimia. But orthorexia is this like obsession with only eating like, quote, clean foods and and excessive exercise. And if you kind of veer out of your uh, umbrella of clean foods, that can cause you a lot of internal distress. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. So again, never formally diagnosed, but I mean, that's definitely certainly what I had. One of so. my doctors thought that I was bulimic because I was, I throw up from my anxiety and that they were, they were convinced that I had some sort of eating disorder. They're like, how so. is he still fat? <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the fat thing, getting fat is like, it's, I feel like it's been more of like a recent thing, but um, I mean, I'm having, I, I am having, I don't know, saying having body issues, but having been called fat so many times, 
since I started the show, which is totally cool. Like, I understand we're here to, you know, you talk about what we say and what we look like and everything, Mm -hmm. but... Uh, I, I've taken steps to lose weight immediately. So are you trying to say that fat shaming works? I'm just, you know what? Really, it can motivate you to lose weight. I, I don't know. It's not the most positive thing in the world. Sure, of course I want, not. I want to be, I want to be more like healthy, I think. But the way that people are just like looking at me and calling me fat and stuff, like it's, it sucks. And that's kind of the first time that I've had that happen to me before. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I know how I got here. You know, I know what I was doing. And like, I cut out Reese's, like I told Phoebe to stop buying them. So I'm not eating them at night anymore. So mm-hmm. I'm cutting myself off. I'm not eating shit in the middle of the night. So I'm waking up and I'm like feeling fine. And you know, I'm hungry and all that. I would probably be doing uh intermittent fat, intermittent, what is it? Fat? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent yeah. fasting because essentially I don't eat all day. And then I eat, you know, between five and nine you know during the day and then that's it you know so it's like i have most of my food in like this this little window but yeah it's it's become bad so i started working out started doing you know basketball out here with bubba and like i said change the way that i eat you know just a little bit and because when i had anxiety and i was having it really really bad for a while i wasn't eating at all so Mm, that's why you're so thin yeah so my therapist (laughs) was like hey you need to eat you got to just eat anything you know whether it's chick-fil-a whatever like you need to get something in your body and then that kind of that kind of like let my guard down because i've always so worried about what had cholesterol because i have heart issues and i was like everything and i go okay yeah i need to just eat and you know i started doing that for a while and And now you're getting shamed for it yeah now i'm getting shamed. which (laughs) look i mean again it's fine Mm -hmm. but i just told phoebe i was like i just can't be if you want to say you hate me i'm a snowflake i'm a bitch that's fine, but I was like, I just can't be called fat anymore, and mm. I know it's probably going to happen until the end of time, but I said I need to really make steps to try to take care of that, so that's yeah, but, where I am right now with my body shaming but issues. But the great thing about that and the situation that you're in is it's it's not, it's something you can control. You know, it's not like they're making fun of you because you're short yeah. or something. You know what I mean? Like, you can lose weight, and it's not... It's hard in the sense that it it takes effort, but it's not complicated, if that makes sense. No, it's not. Like, it's simple, but it's it's hard to execute. It's not complicated. It's not anything like that. And, and look, I don't look at people and go, wow, that person's fat. Like, they're lazy or anything like that. I know a lot of people have issues and all that. Um, yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just, it's an interesting group of people that support the show. And it's, a, you know, it's a... A very vocal minority, of course, but man, I've heard it, you know, five, six times. Somebody said, yeah, welcome to, you. If I mean, somebody said, welcome to the 300 pound club. And I was like, what the fuck? I go, no way. Yeah. It's like about 300 pounds, like not even close, but that, that's what kind of just shook me into going, I can't deal with this anymore. So, yeah. I mean, you, you did kind of expect to be, to, to hear the wrath of chat when you returned, right? Like you knew. What, oh, I mean, listen, what I, you were signing up for kind I, of. I re- Again, Anna, I'm okay with you don't like me on the show. You want you know more Dr. Dan, more Anna. I'm a snowflake. I'm a backstabber. Yeah. Like I'm fine with all that stuff. But when you <laughs> but when you start to like the the fat stuff, I was like shit. Like I don't. This is because it was new, right? Because right. you were used to all the other shit, but now the fat thing is something you hadn't heard before. It, it was new, and like I knew that I put on some weight and all that, but like I didn't know. Until I started here. And then Bubba's like, you know, you look like shit. And then yeah. it's, you know, when I did that first podcast and then, you know, I it was backed up by, you know, a lot of listeners. It's just, you know, again, it's just something that I'm not mad at anybody for. I just, it, I need to work on it because 
I don't feel good about myself when I look like this, but I definitely don't want to. Um, I definitely don't want to read those things every day. I I understand, and um, we kind of talked about this before we started rolling about how the main show uh, ended. Oh man, that yeah. was that was rough today. Um, I and, and I I feel. Listen, we all felt the tension. We all under, understand that you know Bubba wasn't happy with us, and fucking fair enough. I. I, I fucked up again. I um, I don't know who I don't know who it was. Like at the was end, a, it was a symphony of fuck ups. It was. I think it was. <laughs> well, I think here's the thing. I think and Bubba got me. Bubba was trying to cover a story about Pat McAfee yeah. and Aaron Rodgers at the end of the show, and I guess you know we were kept chiming in and just got him you know sidetracked and all that, and not the that not our jobs to get Bubba thrown off. It's our job to get Bubba you know on track and make him sound good and have everything rolling mm-hmm. and. You know, I just, I, I hadn't experienced it, you know, I remember for a while as far as like Bubba getting upset and all that towards the end it's of the unpleasant. show. It's it, unpleasant. It certainly is. Because yeah. you feel um, you're disappointed in yourself. I'll, I'll just speak for myself. I was disappointed in myself. I was, uh, I felt bad because everyone else, here's the thing, like we were all kind of riling him up. Brian really kind of brought him to a level nine, and then I had to say the last fucking thing, which brought him to a level ten, and then the show was over. So um, I do apologize for that. I fucked up. I, I thought because here's the thing. Um, I think it was you know on. I think it was, again. I don't. Yeah. I don't know because I don't know exactly you know what Bubba hears. I don't even hear every chime in and stuff sometimes. But it's super fast paced. Yeah, it is. And I just I feel I feel bad because I'm like. I shouldn't be here. I'm like Anna and Babyface and Lummy and Bubba and Rhett and Macho. Like, I mean, although Bubba told me to come in on Thursdays, I just feel like the shows will continue to be like this. Like if we're all here and like, I'm not saying that we're going to, we're trying to squirrel Bubba, but I just think when Babyface is here and he's, you know, feeling good, like, you know, he's, he gets a lot of zingers off on Bubba, yeah you know, and you do. And it's like, I do. And I think it can be, it can be a lot of times. Well, to make you feel a little bit better, this has happened before in your absence. Yeah. So (laughs) it's it's not, it's not you, it's us collectively. And maybe having another kind of big personality in the studio doesn't help um and and not because of you but just in terms of like numbers of people in the studio i I feel like it i you know like when dr dan was here on friday and we did the whole show together like i didn't feel like it was too many people like with jay i mean i felt like it was a lot well when jay was here yeah and again i love all of i mean i get along with everyone for the most part but numbers of people and especially because it's you know, you're trying to dance between not stepping on other people, but also getting a word in because much like Bubba called you out, Seth, why are you being quiet? You're not even fucking contributing. But then if you say something at the wrong time, then it's like, shut the fuck up. Why are you talking? So it's you have to find that kind of delicate balance where, um, you know, it just it flows. Yeah. And uh, I, again, I try to pick my spots and I just I guess I just, you know, misread you know, the flow of the show and all that today. And I'm sure Bubba's got a lot of stuff on his it's mind. It's BARP weekend. Yeah. There's a lot of stress. And the last, th- I honestly would like to make an apology to the people on the show, to Bubba, and also to the listeners. Because here's the thing, Seth, like, I, I don't want to piss Bubba off ever. It, it happens. It's probably going to happen in the future just by virtue of, like, who yeah. the fuck I am, I guess. But I really, really, really am apologetic because I don't want to 
put him in a bad mood for the listeners. Like people travel, like they spend, this is their big fucking vacation of the year, their favorite weekend of the year. I've seen a lot of people on social media say um, they fly in, they drive in from fucking Iowa. And the last thing that I want to do is put the man that they're going to see, the reason why we're all here, Bubba the Love Sponge, put that guy in a bad mood so that he doesn't want to interact with them, you know, in the way that he would if he were if he was in a better yeah. mood. And I'm sh- listen. So I am sorry. I'm sure Bubba will be fine. I'm sorry to step on your apology at the no, end. It's okay. it's okay. No, it's okay. Don't be no, mad I'm, at me for I, that. I, I'm, no, I'm sorry. Um I just again, I'll just talk to Bubba because I want to make sure that, you know, I'm not I'm not, you know, overbearing and I don't want to get to a point where, you know, I'm being too much for Bubba or if it is too much. And I also don't want to get to a point where I'm not saying enough because there are other people in here talking, you know, and I I feel like I have been doing this long enough to to know the right balance. But, you know, again, I, I... it just gets more complicated with the more people there are in here because you're you're trying to it, more balls to juggle, you know. Yeah, and I just it, it's 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 difficult. And Brian's always been a different personality, you know, to work with because he's very fast, he's very smart, yes. and he's he'll zing Bubbo, you know, whether it's things we've heard of or not, you know, whether it's inside, like he's very like he's he's a different guy, and he's one of the guys you know that was here when I first started working with. And he showed me, like, hey, it's okay to kind of zing Bubba and everything like that. You know, maybe we get a little out of control sometimes. But, you know, I think Brian, like, I kind of feed off Brian. And then Brian might kind of feed off me, like, when things get, because we were, like, looking at each other and stuff today when if he would say something funny or if I would remotely say something funny. And, uh, you know, I don't want us feeding off each other to, you know, piss off Bubba. Yeah, and and I'm kind of part of, obviously, the trilogy of hate, so I kind of am of the same ilk, you know? Like, if Brian makes a zinger, usually the kind of the, the etiquette is you wait to see if Bubba laughs. Right. But sometimes it's so funny that I just start laughing and then Bubba doesn't find it funny and now... You know, Brian and I are both in the doghouse. <laughs> so, like, it's, it, I would, the only advice I would give is if anyone, but especially if Brian makes a zinger, you pause. And sometimes it's like, it is like you could just cut the air with a knife, man. It's like one, two, three silence. And then you'll, you'll hear, <laughs> like, he'll laugh. Yes. And you're like, oh, thank God. And then we all laugh. But you gotta fucking wait for him to, to make the first laugh. I have, I have, you know what it is on? I think I'm immune to it because I've, I've said so many things, whether I'm trying to be funny or not, where Bubba hasn't said anything and mm-hmm. you know, I'll, maybe I'll get a laugh or something like that. But yeah. I think I'm just immune to not hearing anything and immune to potentially bombing at this point. Cause Bubba <laughs> yeah. will be like, you just fell flat. You just zoinked yourself out. You suck and all that. And be like, okay, yeah, you're right. So, I mean, like, what do you do? You just, he, he recognizes it and you move on. It's not anything yes. that we really, you know, just talk about for, you know, half hour or so, and, but. And you know what, actually, I, w- I have to give credit to Brian because I think when I first started, I would really take it like personally or really get in my own head about if I said something. My favorite spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get when you're talking through Mint Mobile. I mean, I can't believe that I've been living some other life with all this scratchy mobile when I can get crystal clear and the best mobile through Mint Mobile. And I can do it all for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. I can afford this. How much have I been paying on my other plan? Probably getting gouged. But it's time to switch to Mint Mobile 
and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. Say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plan. I mean, I'm talking jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Say goodbye to all that nonsense. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with a premium wireless plan starting at $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your three-month unlimited wireless plan for just $15 a month, go to mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. That's mintmobile.com forward slash B-U-B-B-A. Cut your wireless bill to $15 a month at mintmobile.com forward slash Bubba. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plans. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Thing and it bombed, which happens often. But, um, and it's it's bad when there's just silence and no one laughs. But then when it's silence, no one laughs. And then Bubba goes in on you for being dumb or stupid or like, why'd you say that? Um, I He would do that to Brian. And Brian just fucking wouldn't give up. Like, he would just keep going, keep going, keep going. And then eventually he would turn Bubba around and Bubba would find something that he said funny. Right. And I was like, dude, that's fucking awesome. He's not letting... The outcome of if people laugh or not is, is bears no, you know, uh, uh, significance or influence on if he's going to try again. So just keep fucking trying. I was just like, that's awesome. So that's kind of like how I I, I do it. I'm just like, yeah, I suck. I, you know, it's, it's stupid. My bad. Whoa. And then you just keep trying. Plus, Babyface has that whole lawyer thing to fall back on, too. So, yeah, I mean, he it, has actual value. If his jokes <laughs> fall flat, it's like, who gives a fuck? I got a day job. If our jokes fall flat, we're like, shit, we got to start combing LinkedIn now for right. eight hours tonight. <laughs> yeah, see, see what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Which actually is something that I don't know if you have. I don't know if you have it penciled down, but something that we were talking about as far as combing LinkedIn and a job that I had to have in the unique situation yeah. as far as who I had to work with. I don't know if you had that on the slate or if that's something you want to just cover no, next week. No, go for it. Well I-, well, I mean, I just, I was working at iHeart. I think I had another job at the time. This was just a few months ago. Okay. And then I started working at Kawa, which is a, a local coffee place. And I worked there about like seven or eight years ago when I was working. I remember. On, yeah. When I was working on Drew's show, I started working at one in St. Pete. Uh, I would go in from like 5 a.m. to 11. Same actual store? Different store. They, okay. they knocked this store down to drive through to put a Whole Foods. So I gotcha. worked at this other one downtown. So, um, so I was like, I was like, I need to just start trying to just make as much money as I can because I was having a hard time finding like a full time job. Sure. So I just thought I'd piece all these part time jobs together. Yeah. And so I went down and I started working at Kawa again. And, um, you know, it was interesting because, you know, I was definitely, you know, one of the older people there. Um, there was <laughs> my manager was gay. Uh-huh. And I remember he came up to me my first like the first Saturday I was going to work. because I was going to close. And he's like, 
Hey, he's like, you are, um, he's like, you're working with, you're working with them on, uh, on Saturday. And I was like, who? I was like, because normally you just, I would just close with one other person. He's like, mm. no, he's like them, them, they, he's like, that's one person. He's like, that's who you're closing with is you're closing with them. And I go, what do you, I go, what the fuck do you mean? I go, them, they, who, and he goes, don't you know your pronouns? I go, dude. You're gay. I go, do you know the pronouns? He goes, yeah. I, he goes, I actually don't know. And apparently what this, when the, look, I, I understand people put the pronouns up, all this stuff. I did, I have not experienced firsthand a they, them. Yeah, I haven't either. So, um, you know, you r- truly are a trailblazer when it comes to <laughs> this sort of thing. Well, I just was like, I, I felt you. And then you all of a sudden you feel like you're some sort of bigot. I'm like, what is a they and a them? You're I'm, just confused. Yeah, I'm not. I'm you not. You really didn't know about the they's and them's? Anna. Like I I'm, I haven't experienced it personally, but like I'm aware of like the fucking, you know. If somebody comes up to you and goes, "Hey, you're closing with that. You're closing with a them." Like, are you gonna have? Are you gonna know what they're talking about? Well, right did they away? say of them or them? You're gonna be closing with them. Like, yeah, it, it, I would be confused too. But then, once they explain the pronouns, I'd be like, oh. Now, when you when you realize that it was only a a singular they them, did you? Could you, did you roll your eyes? Was there any sort of like look on your face? Like you're like, oh, fuck one of these assholes. I was like, I was terrified okay. because he told me and he was telling me in advance and I, which I appreciate. Your gay boss. Yes. Okay. He was telling me to not say him or her, you know, to yeah. not say like, she Like don't or- fuck it up because you're going to trigger this person and then there's going to be, you know, maybe a lawsuit or something because you sexually harassed them by using the wrong pronoun. I, don't, I didn't know what it was, but I was like fucking, because I can look, I've done, you know, rating all this shit, but it's like, shit, I don't know how often I go he, she, him, her. I go, right, I, it just, you don't even think about it. You just start saying it. Yeah, so, I mean, so then when I worked with they, them, I was also like curious, like, what's this person going to look like? Is this person going to look like a guy? Is this person going to look like a girl? Like, what, yeah. what am I... How how is this all going to go down? And it was a it was a girl that was transitioning into being a dude and okay. had a lived in a halfway house in St. Pete for some reason because of their story that they were telling me and all that. I felt bad. Yeah. So I offered. I was like, oh hey, if you know need any medicinal marijuana, yeah, I got my card. Yeah, I can pick you something up. I, right. You, you know, I say just that. as like a nice gesture. You didn't really think that they were going to follow up. No, on it was it. a very empty offer. But yeah. I just felt like I'm a you know I, I'm a man of the pronouns. So I wanted mm. to go. I'm I'm here to help out. Yeah. Well, they sure as fuck took me up on that offer that they night. Sure as fuck. That <laughs> fucking night. So it's like I go okay. So we're getting off work. I go. Do you want to just follow me over to this place? It's like right over here. They're like. Um. Well, why don't you just come to my house? It's like what? The what? Am yeah. I, I come to the house. It's the like, halfway house. I'm doing you a favor by picking this up, and now you want me to go to your house? I go. Okay, I'll do this. I'm a man. I'm a man of the pronouns. Like I'll, yeah. go, I'll go to their house. So they come out. It's fucking dark as shit yeah. you know it's eight o'clock at night or whatever come out in the back alley in st petersburg now is this south of usf or uh no no no. we were on the north side but just All barely right. just barely because okay. that, that gets sketchy once you cross that line that invisible line it gets it, it gets uh, dark and i'm crossing the invisible you line to, I mean? to go get my hair cut today yeah. i love i love south st Peter. it gets a bad rap there's some nice stuff over there yeah, but yeah so I, I ended up <laughs> i ended up um Getting it, bringing it to their house. Then I kept getting texts asking if I could get stuff for for them and their roommate because their roommate 
had her kid taken away and she was oh, in the halfway no. house. Like, holy fuck. So then I'm, I'm going to the weed store like every other day for the for this for them. And, and they're they're paying you, right? Like no. They're, they're not. No, they would look up the exact price on the menu and then they would Venmo me the exact. Oh, OK. But at least they're giving you money for the weed. Yeah. But Anna, here's the thing. So I pay for my card. So like they're getting around that aspect where I'm paying for my card. And also they would Venmo me the exact amount. So if I'm spending one hundred fifty dollars on you and I take that out of my account and I need to replace that right away. Well, what Venmo is taking a percentage of that to do an instant transfer, you know, so all of a sudden I'm getting there 150 mm. and then I'm having to put it right back in my account and then I'm losing fucking money. And then Phoebe's yeah. like, I hope you're making money off this. I go, I'm not. I'm just trying to be I'm just trying to be nice. Right. So I finally got to the point where I texted them and I just said, hey, listen, I can't do this anymore. I was like, this is just I go, this is costing me money. This is costing me time. I was like, you don't you. You treat me like I'm a drug dealer, yeah. and it's all other stuff. And I felt like I was, I felt like I was being like a, I wasn't being a man of the pronouns at that, at that. But I needed to, I needed to rip that bandaid off. Yeah, and how did that go with them? Um, they said that they were going to go ahead and look for somebody else. Okay, but and, you continued to work together. Uh, no, that was so. I asked for. There was a girl that worked at Kawa, and man, you know, Anna, I don't have time for any bullshit or gossiping and all that stuff. No. There was a girl there that worked there. She told, she confided in me. She told me she stole eggs that, you know, like she, I thought oh, shit. she stole eggs, you know, people don't make that much money there. So there's still eggs. I was like, okay. Like she stole eggs from Kawa. Yeah. She stole eggs from Kawa. And I was like, okay, that's, I appreciate you confiding in me. So anyway, so I found out this chick tells my manager that one night that I don't want to be there and that I don't do anything and all this other stuff where I was just like. The egg stealer said this to the egg stealer, the egg stealer. So then my fucking bitch. So then my boss is like, you know, Valerie said this and Valerie said, you don't do that. I go dude. I go, I've been here for how many weeks I go. It's if if I need to do something that I don't know how to do, why can't she tell me? I was like, why can't she tell me what to do instead of just telling you that I'm not doing anything? I was like, this is fucking stupid. I go, I'm I'm not going to work in an environment where people are shit talking and can't say anything. So then I texted her and I was like, I was like, what's up? I was like, you couldn't tell Derek that. You know, I was like, you couldn't just tell me that you were having an issue with me. You had to go to Derek. So then she sends something to both of us. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. So I hope you told your fucking manager that she was stealing eggs. Um, I don't know if I did or not, but you I gotta said, rat that bitch out. So I was I was having a hard like it was it was it's tough saying it was hard work, but harder work than what I'm used to as far as like, you know, working in Kawa and you doing all this shit. So I told my boss I had two more shifts scheduled on like a Wednesday and Saturday. Yeah. And I was like, I got to I was like, I got to quit, man. I was like, this is just a gossipy place. I was like, I can't do this. I was there's like, only like what? Four people there? There's like five. There's like a couple of 19 year old girls. There's a 17 year old girl that worked there that called up me homophobic because it's St. Pete and a man walked by in a dress and I go, that's interesting. <laughs> and you know what the girls go? They go, what's interesting about that? I go, well, that's that's a man wearing a dress. I go, that's just interesting. You know, even for St. Pete standards, they're like, oh, are you no, homophobic? That's where, that's where you went wrong. They're like, is that like, so you're homophobic? I was like. I didn't even say anything about the man being you're gay. You're like, I'm not scared of these Fs. I was like, I was like, I, I didn't even say the man was gay. I was like, you, yeah. you're assuming that I'm thinking he was gay, but I go, you're the ones that are homophobic. I just said, that's interesting. But apparently even freak some of the 17 year olds out. If you even make a comment about a guy wearing a dress these days. Let me ask you some questions about your coworkers. Did the the women or the girls that work there, did they have um uh, hair that was not a natural color, perhaps purple or blue, maybe even green. Um, yeah, there was a lot of there was a lot. Were there of that. gauges in the ears and maybe a few piercings? 
Did they like wearing those little beret hats? Like a beanie, even though it's summertime. You, I mean, if you're asking if hipsters worked at Kawa, yes. Yes, hipsters were at Kawa, and uh, th- there were the gauges, the um, they. Yeah. They had a gauge. Yeah, that, tattoos, right? They do the tattoos with the gauges. Tattoos. Uh, Facial hair, but it ain't good sort of look. Um, I was only one of a couple of dudes that worked there. No, I, I mean, they, oh, the them. Women. They, them. No, oh, they, them. They, them had a- um, A little facial hair wasn't good, though. Yeah, but they were on testosterone. Right. So they well, that'll were, give you some, you know, hairs there. So the, you know, like a mustache was starting to, you know, kind of come through and everything. So yeah. I let them kind of open. I didn't know what the deal was if it was a boy or a girl or a girl or a boy, and they kind of just opened up to me about it. So uh, I told my boss, I was like, I can't. I was like, I need, I can't do this anymore. And he's like, All right, listen. He's like, Just take a couple days off. And then I'll reach out, you know, we'll, and we'll get you back on the schedule. And I said, okay. And I took those days off and he never reached back out. And I didn't give a shit. So I never went back to Kawa. So how many, how long were you for, there for that stint of time? Probably about, probably about three months. Okay. And okay. I would go, and I was when I was working at iHeart, so I'd get done at iHeart at 9, and I would rush to Kawa, and I'd work there from 9.30 to 1.30, or I would go in and work from 1 to 6.30, which was closed, mm. which was kind of uh, hellacious. So those days were killing me, and I wasn't making a lot of money at all, because sure. you're, you're making $11 an hour plus tips. So, I can't imagine people are tipping that much at Kawa, but maybe I'm wrong. Well, I used to, at the drive-thru that I worked at, which I guess was the busiest Kawa they've ever had, you know, I'd make... This was my minimum wage was they paid you like $7 an hour. And I'd walk out of there with at least $15 an hour with, you know, what I made in tips and everything like that. So that was like eight years ago. So now we're talking minimum wage is $12. They pay you $11 an hour. And I was walking out of there maybe making 13 or $14 an hour. Yeah, not great. And I just go, I go, what am I go? I've worked here before. Like, when am I going to get some decent shifts? Like, you guys are sticking me on at night when nobody fucking, nobody wants coffee at 5.30 on Saturday night. Yeah. I was like, so I said, when am I going to start getting some shifts around here? And Phoebe just told me to quit. She told me it wasn't worth it and all that. And I wasn't bringing, right. I wasn't bringing home much money. So I, I, you know, I started working here focused on this focused on the social media that I'm doing for a couple of clients. And, you know, hopefully I don't have to, to go back to that. But now I know that that job caused you stress, uh, distress and anxiety. <sighs> yeah. And and I feel like now, you know, I saw you after the main show and you didn't look you didn't look good. And I'm not talking Today? about. Yeah. Just yeah. like a few minutes ago. And I don't mean anything about your 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 physical appearance and your body. It's just I could tell that you were like fuck dude like what what am i what am i doing i, I don't want to i don't want to impede on anybody's time i don't want to fuck up the flow um yes. are you just feeling unsettled is that is that a good word to describe your yeah your i mean current state i've been around you know i've been around obviously i was on the show for a year before so i've been around bubba when there's you know things have you know gone south or he's wa- i mean there's been i think you've even ended a show early one time and fucking walked out i don't even know if you were here for that but like that scared the shit out of me i don't know whose fault it was that day but i just remember he left like i think he just left yeah so there's been incidents that have been a little jarring the thing about this is you know since i started talking to bubba which was probably fucking september you know, we've there's it's been smooth sailing. Everything's been cool. There have yeah. any we've talked about. You know, there haven't been any issues, but if there have, we've just you know talked about everything. And today, I could tell he was mad. Didn't know who it was directed at. You know, and then I just go, I, you know, I don't want I don't want Bubba to be mad, but I also it sucks. It sucks for me. Like it sucks yeah. when you have to when you feel. <laughs> 
you know, that someone's pissed off and you feel the energy like that. And you feel that you, you may have been uh, had a hand in causing it, which is right. certainly, I mean, you may or may not have. I think the the, the verdict is clear on me that I, I certainly did. And, and I and I and I feel bad about that. And again, I just and, you know, you apologized earlier and I think that you're fine. But again, like Lummy came up to me. Before we started doing this show, and he was like, I was just trying to, you know, like, Lummy's like, was Lummy apo- felt bad. <laughs> Lummy was like apologizing to me. And yeah. I go, Lummy, I was like, dude, I know what you were trying to do. I was like, yeah. I know it's a complex story. And you were trying to, you know, I was like, I know, man. I was like, you don't have to explain things to me. I go, just whatever we were doing wasn't vibing with what Bubba wanted. I go, but you, right. I was like, you don't, you don't owe me an explanation. But yeah, I think I felt. I I, I, the I apologize to Lummy. I've been apologizing <laughs> to everybody, and he's like, "Why are you apologizing?" I go, "I don't know. I just feel like I need to." The feeling that I had today after the show was a, just a feeling that I don't like, and a feeling that I don't want to have again. So, if there's anything I can do to avoid that, sure, I would like to do that. And if that means you know not coming in on Thursdays because you know Brian can um, is more than capable of handling handling himself, if that means not coming in on other days, you know, because Doctor Dan can totally handle himself, I'm fine with that. You know, like Bubba scheduled me for you. Know, Know, these these three days, um, but if there's going to be days where you know Brian comes in and Bubba, it might be too much for Bubba to have all of us, you know, yapping. I'll def I'll definitely stay home, or I'll come here and just work on podcast shit. But right. I don't I don't want it to be where it's too much for Bubba to handle because the guy's a professional; he's been doing this forever. He can handle anything. And if all of a sudden us four fucking hyenas are too much for him, then you know one of them's got to go out and get back and get shot. And I think that would be me. Yeah, and, and in moments like this, I mean. I feel like the more mature Anna kind of takes a hard look in the mirror and goes, okay, why did that happen? What can we work on being me, myself, and I? What can we do better in the future to avoid and, and mitigate that situation? Because I feel like... Well, you're having the conversation with the wrong person. Yeah, well... You got to talk to Bubba. You can't talk... Like, I'm I'm going to talk to Bubba. Not, not now... Maybe not at Tate's tonight. Maybe not even this weekend because he's got so much going yeah, on. But I will talk to Bubba at some point and go, hey, man, like, can you just tell me, like, when I need to shut up? I was like, if I'm – can you just tell me to shut up? Can we have a safe word? Yeah, like, just uh, just let me know. Uh, do you want me to stay home on certain days now because it's becoming too much? Like, I will have that conversation because, I again – much like you, I don't want to experience anything like that. I don't want to piss Bubba off. It's not doesn't make for a you know fun environment or yeah. a creative environment. So I have, but I I don't have any problem going to him and you know if he's like, man, you're just he's like you're just fucking you didn't talk enough today or you talk too much. Like I can handle all that stuff because right. it's to make the show better. Sure. So I know you know when you talk about looking in the mirror, I get that. But I think ultimately, you know, you got to have those talks with Bubba so he can help but- you. I mean, to be fair, to be honest, it's sometimes it's it's unpredictable, right? Like sometimes sure. you say something and it fucking hits and you're like, I'm awesome. You get that big dopamine rush. Everybody's laughing. Bubba's having a great time. And then you make maybe a similar joke the next week and it fucking falls flat. He's not in the mood for it. And then you feel like shit. So it's hard to kind of gauge what is okay and what is not okay at any given moment and I think the only answer that I've been able to come up with over the last almost four years of working here is that I just I need to read the room better like if I see Bubba's getting frustrated I need to not take those chances because what happens is it's it's like gambling right like you like gambling or fucking you get a dopamine rush over you open in a new fucking baseball card or whatever and the thing <laughs> is I, I don't know how to relate it to you because I you're don't right, gamble no, you're right you're right exactly but it's right. like when there's an opportunity where you can have a big win 
you you kind of run the the algorithm in your head really quick and you go fuck like this could be really funny like if i say this and he pops and then we go to break and you're like fuck yeah and everybody in chat's like pop 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 and you know it, it feels good but um it's a, as bubble would say a triple edged sword because sometimes you take that risk and then you lose big too so i feel like that's the thing that keeps me like taking those chances because every once in a while I do get a win and then I'm like, I'm coming back for more. Do you feel like you're doing, do you feel like you're performing just for Bubba or like the audience? Cause you talk about like reading the room and not wanting to upset Bubba. Like, do you feel like it's just because sometimes like if he will go quiet or he'll tell me like, you're really getting on my nerves and stuff like that. I feel like that's just stuff for the show. I feel like, and if, and if you fall flat with a joke, Bubba never told me, Hey, if you're not funny, you're getting off the fucking show. Like if a joke bombs, it's just yeah. as good as a joke that hits. You know, if it's con- as far as content, right? If, if you know, as long as the proper attention's brought to it, if Bubba just let jokes that sucked go, yeah. and we didn't say anything about it, then we would just be the Tuki Tuki show. So, like, I get what I get what he's doing. You know, when it comes to that, I just won't. Uh, you know, as far as on air goes, and again, I don't, I don't always know what you and Bubba are, are talking about and stuff like that, mm-hmm. but I would say a lot of his conversations with you on the air, but probably you know for on-air purposes, and if you really want to dig in, I would just, you know, suggest to talk to him off the air and see, you know, when things are really bothering him, when he, you know, maybe when he's actually just trying to put on a show or, you know, whatever it is. It's hard. The lines are certainly blurry at a certain point. Sometimes it's blatantly obvious, like, what's, you know, a joke and and what's um, a shoot, but oftentimes it's kind of a mixture. It's like a hybrid where he's, like, kind of thinking it's funny, but also, like, fucking back off sort of a thing. Um, and, and honestly, it's just you really don't know until you t- you take the shot, like the fucking hockey guy says. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, you sh- you... What's his name? Belinsky. Um, <laughs> you mean? Uh, K- Kravetsky. What's his name? Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> Thank you. I knew it was a ski. Uh, but yeah, you miss 100% of the shots that you do not take. So unfortunately for me, I keep. And again, like, but, like Babyface has inspired me. When you fall flat, you just keep going. But there is a threshold that you shouldn't cross. And I want to apologize because I fucking knew it. And because sometimes, and I've seen this happen, Seth, where he's on edge, he's on edge, and then you say something and and he cracks a smile and everything is all better. Sure. I swear to God, I've seen it happen many times before where it's like you take that fucking last chance and you turn the show around. And by turn the show around, I mean you turn Bubba's mood around, which is always the goal. You want to make the guy laugh because if he's having a good time, everyone's having a good time. As we saw today when he's not having a good time, the rest of us are not having a good time. So I've seen that happen where you can turn it around. And I think that that was my, well, I know that was my intention was to just try to get that last like laugh. Yes. And unfortunately, um, it crashed and bombed. And I, uh, and I apologize. I feel, I on, truly honestly feel sincerely very bad because the last thing I want to do is put this man in like a more stressed out situation or bad mood going into what should be the best weekend of the year. And, and it will be. Listen, it'll be yeah. it'll end up being great for Bubba. It'll end up being great for everybody that's here for it, you know? I mean, it's just it's just one of those things that once you get everything in place and man, I, I listen, I I'm not doing anything but, you know, Lummy and Bubba and the merch crick and 
Rhett and Macho, I mean, doing and, you know, the Get Fresh crew, I mean, setting everything up. And Big up. Red. I mean, we got to really, I, I meant yeah. to start the show with this, but Big Red has been here. I've seen him here almost every fucking day, cleaning, building, uh, painting. The, the man, it's unfortunate for him that he's good at so many things because, you know, Bubba calls on him to, to help with a lot of the preparations. But thank you, Big Red. Well, I need to get whatever job Big Red has. I need that because it, it enables Big Red to just pretty much be here all the time. So. Right, but I don't think he's here. Compensated for so no no I know okay. that's why I'm saying I think Big Red is making a lot of money whatever he's doing yes and whatever he's doing oh I see yes. doesn't need his attention all the time right so, he's got a business that's making money on its own right so I'm that's what I'm I need I need to get I need to do that I need to be somewhere where I can just open baseball cards and you know money's being made <laughs> for me like that's that's the dream right there so yeah. um listen. Uh, I, I pitched an idea to Bubba the other day, and he was just like, he made me fucking, f- I fell flat on my face. Uh-oh. I was like, why don't you send Lummy over to the Eagles, you know, uh, Eagles-Buccaneers game on Monday. Oh, this was on air. I don't know What's if it was it? On, I think it was on, I don't know if it was on air, off air, oh, okay, hot okay, mic. Okay, okay. But I just said, hey, you send, send Lummy over there, and the, the Eagles have this play called the Tush Push, where they get behind the quarterback, and they, like a couple of guys like, you know, push him to try to just, you know, get it in the end zone or get a first down. Yeah. And I was like, why don't you send Lummy over there? Because the Eagles are, they, they're famous for running that play. I was like, why don't you go talk to some of the fans at Tailgate and see if they'll run the Tush Push with you, which would be people getting behind Lummy, touching his butt, pushing him. Right. Whatever. I, I see the, the value, the content there. Right. Yeah. Just and, the and, Potential and 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 Bubba didn't say anything, and then uh, he's like, "Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, you really, uh, you know, zoinked yourself out right there." And I was like, uh, "Oh, and that was a private conversation." Um, yeah, because that's uh, honestly worse. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so that I believe that was yeah. like that was either off air or hot mic. But when he said that, yeah. I was like. Okay, I was like, cool. I was like, I got other ideas. Like, I'm not mad. I don't get ups- I don't get upset. Like, it sucks. But I go, okay. He's not feeling it. No big oh, deal. Oh, come on. You you get down on yourself. I would. No, Anna. Come on. You I've don't. Been- Anna. You don't. You don't feel when you pitch something, and it's like because the way the Bubba is, and I do appreciate this, is he doesn't sugarcoat anything. So he's not like, oh, maybe we could do that. He goes, no, that's fucking stupid, and yeah. I appreciate that. But it stings a little. I mean, come on. How many things do you think that I've pitched over the years? Many. Yeah, so I don't care. Like My whole thing is that I have more ideas, so I'm not going to get sensitive over just one idea that I threw out there. Okay, but you're bringing this up for a reason, right? I, I mean, it affected I'm, you. I'm bringing it up just to let you know that like <laughs> oh. I got I got like shut down, but it, it didn't like end my world or anything like that. Because okay. I was just like, all right, Bubba doesn't like the idea. I was like, okay, you know, that's fine. I was like, maybe I'll think of something else, or maybe I won't. You yeah. know, but I think I'm just letting you know that... If you talk to him, maybe you get on the same page, maybe not. But either way, like even if he's you know shutting you down or doesn't like an idea, it's it's not the end of the world, and it's not necessarily personal either. You know? Uh, yeah, that's probably something I need to to work on is not taking things so personally because I it's hard for me to perform. And again, this is a character flaw. This isn't blaming anybody but myself. But it's hard for me to perform if um, if I feel like I'm in the doghouse. Sure. You know, it's hard for me to want to take chances to I'm not saying I'm funny and I'm not saying that I always hit because I certainly don't. But uh, it's hard for me to even want to take a chance when I'm like, quote, afraid, you know, afraid of upsetting someone and feeling like I suck. And that doesn't put me in the frame of mind of being whimsical and silly. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, 
I mean, and we can so. again, we can I can relate this to you know sports, uh, you know as much. Oh, as, please do. Uh, well, it's like when a quarterback <laughs> throws an interception, and it's like you you have that in the back it hurts of your head, your confidence. Like, yeah, yeah. you like, and then they're telling you you got to shake it off, you got to go back out there, you still have to perform, you have the rest of the game. Yeah. But if you still think about that one thing that you did wrong, it's gonna fuck with you. Absolutely. You know, so they say you got to have a short memory and all that. And look, all of that stuff is easier said than done. And I I can say this stuff on it because I've been a producer and I've been doing this you know for a long time. Right. I'm not gonna say that there's things like I got mad at California when these motherfuckers weren't liking my ideas because sure. I go you're at 25th place. Yeah. But Bubba, I respect he's been doing this for quite some time. And yeah. if I throw something his way and he doesn't like it, you know, it's not Forrest Brand or whatever. And I'm not gonna and, and I'm again I'm not gonna like get down about like Bubba doesn't like my idea. Fuck him. I'll just be like, all right, cool. Next time I get an idea, you know, I'll send no. it his way, kind of thing. No, see, it, it for me, not that I'm pitching him so many ideas, but it's more like when I make attempts on the air to you know make a joke or co- comment or yeah. add in or whatever. It's not so much that I, I my ire is never directed towards Bubba. It's directed towards myself. So like if I, if he says something like that sucks, that's not funny. I'm not like fuck you. I'm I'm like, oh my God, he's like, I start to believe it. I'm like, I get in my own head. I'm like, I suck. I'm stupid. No. I can't. No, again, yeah. I'm working on but it. But that's him. Anna, that, so that's him. I'm working on so it. So that's him. And listen, if he says it's stupid, he says it's stupid. And there's a portion of the audience that will agree. But yeah. there's also a portion of the audience that doesn't think it's stupid. You know right, I mean? Right. And you got to, and, and look. We're, we're gonna sometimes we're gonna say things that are ninety percent stupid, but most of the time, Anna, if you're saying something, you know, there are other people laughing, even if it's the minority. So I don't want you to think like anytime you say something. And- no, no, no. I'm getting I'm getting better about it. But okay, when, good. Uh, but again, when he says something like in a in a jovial manner, like "Oh, that's stupid," you fell on your face. Fine, no problem. But when because there are times where it gets uncomfortable, and he's like. You know, why are you here? Why are you counter-programming? Like, God, like, I fucking, like, he, I could tell he'll start stamping his feet. That's when I really start to question my own judgment. And it it kind of, it, it shakes me a little bit. So, um. I understand. And I kind of feel like, and I don't know this to be true or not. I kind of feel like it's just, that's just part of the show. It is. It's, it's kind of just, de- you know, dealing with that, whether it comes your way or not. I feel like that's. That's and that's part of it. Like I'm not saying that's that's good or bad. I'm saying like that is part of the reality of the show. Like that's like you're Mm -hmm. you're gonna get focused on something one day. Like I'm gonna do something fucking wrong at you know Barp or whatever, and like you know I'm gonna get it or you're gonna get like and that's just that that's that's how it is. And uh, you know whether we take it personally or not, I don't know. But most of the time, you know, it's for radio, and this is a fucked up business, Anna, where you got to sit around (laughs) and try to figure out like if somebody's mad at you and what you can say and what you can't say and everything. And this is a reason why I've tried to run away from radio for so long. But sucking you back in. It's just it's too much fun because when it's fun, it's so fun. Well, that's the that's the fucking problem. It's a poison. It's a toxin that just keeps drawing you back in because when it's going well, it's the fun. It is the funnest job in the world. It's it's so cool. And we're just joking around. We're laughing our asses off. We're talking about this fucking brand in the quad getting fucked by this. It's just awesome. It's probably happening right now. Yeah, pretty oh soon. God. Yeah, they're, they're preparing themselves. But, um, yeah, the compression socks are coming on. I wish I could be there. (laughs) Me too. But, man, like, when it's bad, it's really bad. But, again, when it's good, it's so good. And that's why we keep coming back for more. And that way, even even though you want to quit the business, you can't because you just just fucking can. It's just too much fun. Well, I will say that it's not necessarily – my addiction to radio. Yeah. I do enjoy creating content and I have realized as much as I've I try I've tried to run from this that like I'm good at this so I should try to maybe lean into it and stop trying to find a whole nother line of work to get into. Right. 
But the thing that made me appreciate this and radio a little bit more was doing a nine to five job, was doing some of the jobs yeah. that I've, I've done outside. Just wildly unfulfilling. I mean, look, right. you're making money. You're making, you're, you're got benefits. But, you got shit. But I mean, when I mean, I was in that building right, right next to us from eight to five, you know, a couple of days a week Then I'd work from home, you know, where you got all these bullshit meetings, and all this stuff. And like, I just, it, it was just, it sucked my soul. Yeah. Like I just, I go, I'm in this warehouse and I got nothing to do and I have to act like I'm working for the next five hours and I can't just fucking go home and go, Hey, I'm done with my work for the day. I want to go home. I have to sit here. And I was like, why, why do, why do bosses think this is a good idea to keep people here a certain time and all this shit? And like, I hate it. And I go, I don't want to fucking do that again. You know, why don't I just, why don't I get back into radio and all, I don't say, why don't I get back into radio? But you know, that's when iHeart reached out to me. Then I started having conversations with Bubba and I was like, this is kind of where I need to be. So yeah. that that's I where I am it. right now. It, it, it was experiencing real fucking jobs, yeah, real fucking jobs, bullshit jobs. And most people work those jobs and God bless them. And I, I get why they, they do it. Absolutely. Obviously the money, the security, they kind of, the bennies. Yes. It's just, yes. The, the benefits, the time off, whatever. But again, this is just, it's so much better for me and people like you that just, we can't really fit into, you know, putting a, what do they call it? A square peg in a, in a circle hole or whatever. Just, we don't fit in that world. I know that I don't, I, I somehow find ways to, you know, every time I have like, quote unquote, a normal job, I get fired for, I don't know, stealing produce or <laughs> tweets or whatever the fuck it is. I just I can't help myself. So this is a, the, the I feel like this really is like ICP gathering of the juggalos, just a bunch of fucking weirdos that got pushed together into making, you know, this world of Bubba Army. And it's a lot of fun. And um, I'm really excited because tonight we get to celebrate the people. You when, know? I, when I was doing, I know that you're wrapping up the podcast. When I was doing marketing, I always told people, I was like, I'm just a creative guy masking or masking or masquerading as some sort of management, you know, type marketing guy. And I, <laughs> I always told people, I was like, this is not, I'm, this is, job is not for me. And you would meet other people too that were creatives that would go, yeah, I don't even know how I got here, but I'm fucking making money and I'm trying to make the best of it, but I'm really trying to work on something else. So yeah, God bless all those people that are working jobs they hate just to put, you know, for Food their families the and doing all that shit with the benefits and stuff, man. I've really realized that uh, that stuff is uh, not as easy to attain as I once thought. True story. Is that it? Yeah, that's it, man. Two live Jews! Yeah, uh, almost a full hour of content for you guys. Exclusive! Uh, Seth, thank you so much for um, for doing this with me. We'll see you guys tonight at 5pm Tate's Pizza. Can't wait to kick off Barb and see all your smiling faces. Thank you, Seth. And Bubba's not paying for anything after 7 o'clock, fuckers, okay? So get out! (laughs)